0: Hello everyone.
1: Hi everyone.
0: Welcome to our second installment of our parenting class. Last time we focused on parenting through prayer. One of the amazing prayers in the New Testament, or one of the amazing requests that we're called to make in the New Testament is, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God and it will be given to you. And this idea of praying for wisdom is so important, isn't it, within parenting? And it's one of those prayers that actually I probably pray the most regarding parenting. Um, Some some weeks I find myself praying this prayer every single day. The Bible says um, that when we do ask, God is faithful and he will give us wisdom. And we're really lucky to belong to a church that we can get so much wisdom from. And it reminds me of the African proverb that says that it takes a village to raise a child. And we truly do have an international village that we belong to, that we are a part of, that there is no reason for us to really lack wisdom when it comes to parenting. And so today we're gonna have a look at parenting within three stages of school, preschool, primary school, and secondary school. So as we look into preschool, one of the verses that comes to mind is Proverbs 11:14, which says, where there is no guidance, a people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And I would say that it's at this stage that we definitely saw, as we have done probably all the way through, but lots of advice. And one of the first bits of advice that we got was actually from Adrian Hill. And he said, The the most important thing that we can do when it comes to our parenting is to be consistent. So that's be consistent with the the expectations, the standards, the the consequences, or the discipline that we might um, have on our children, but also be consistent between the parents as well. So be on the same page. Otherwise, you'll find that actually the, the children have a mixed message as to what they can and cannot do if you keep changing the rules. That doesn't help them in any way. But also it means that the children can play you off against each other if they know that maybe dad is the soft touch on one particular thing and mum is the soft touch on something else. So it's really important that you as parents are on the same page and completely consistent. Now, you may adjust and change things along the way, but even those new kind of parameters you still need to be consistent with those.
1: I think as well, it's a consistency in prayer as well, you know, consistently praying about things and revisiting things. I think that, because I think I would read a book, I like, right, we're gonna do this, and see if we like, well, how does that fit in? Let's be consistent with this. Um, another thing, at the time I was really blessed when the children were small to be able to be at home with them. And um, I was child-minding, and that really helped in terms of establishing routines, um, choice, helping the children to have autonomy. Not too much choice, but giving them some freedom, expecting them to help. I mean, you know, there were small, but, you know, always just those little things of tidying up behind themselves, tidying away their toys, different things like that. Um, but also just to really enjoy that time. I, I look back, I enjoy every stage, but I do remember the preschool years were really quite fun. Um, we're going to talk about Diva.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we got advice from John and Karen Louie Um, fairly early on during these preschool years was having family devotional times Um, and so we would have regular uh, weekly devo times with our children we would um, sing a song to begin with Um, we would you know act out a story in the bible and sometimes yeah I can remember quite a few legendary ones um, like walking around the city of Jericho. And then we built these boxes to represent the wall in the city. And then they got to smash them down. Another one was Jesus turning water into wine. And um, without them noticing, I switched. I got them to taste water first. And then I switched over the water to, um, to some squash or some blackcurrant. And then they tasted it again. And they couldn't believe it, you know. Um, and so, just having fun, um, bringing God's word into into their lives in a really fun and a creative way,
1: which I'm sure most of you do. But it's just quite nice to look back on it and just see even the influence and the impact it has, and times when the children things would happen and be like, "Oh, have you prayed about it?" You know, and so it just became part of their lives as well, not just ours, but they would sort of take on those things, especially when they're young. I, I remember Andy Fleming saying. Um, Our children are almost predisposed to believe in God at that age, and so really build on that and help that because then it's something that they can come back to um, when they're older.
0: Moving on to primary school age, Proverbs 22 says, Train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You know, parenting doesn't happen just by accident, Um, parenting doesn't happen without intention um, and so the Bible says here that we as parents have a responsibility to train up our children and you know for me I got some great parenting from both of my parents over the years there were some things though that I now look back on and think I really wish that I'd been given some you know maybe different parenting advice or the, on the things that I would I, I now want to do for my own children but not all parenting advice can be good advice. I remember when our children were early primary school age, um, it thankfully didn't happen too often, but there could be some, we've got three boys, and so there could be some rough and tumble, some you know, fairly physical fights between them, or there was beginning to. And so uh, we got some advice from an older couple in an couple. and there were an elder, yeah, elder couple in the church, and their advice on how to deal say if one of our sons hit another one, we said, What should we do? And they said, Well, the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So therefore, the child who's been hit should be allowed to do the same thing back to the other child. And so we we heard it and we kind of understood, you know, what they were saying, but it just didn't seem to sit right with us. So I then we then got some advice from uh, another couple, actually from um, Andy Fleming, Andy and Tammy. And he was like, no, that that advice is is probably a bit outdated. And in fact, that advice isn't really in the context even of what that verse teaches. Uh, but that's a lesson for another time and so they said you know you have to obviously you, you therefore are the judge you don't allow them just to fight and hit back that just creates complete carnage and chaos and, and can then develop into you know abuse physical abuse so, so that was really good to be able to get just because we heard advice from a very trusted eldership couple
1: not in the UK they were not, international
0: yeah It doesn't mean that you should just go with it. And so um, that's why it says, you know, the Bible talks about where advisors are many, victory is sure. And so that's a very important thing just to think about. Uh, We also got advice on how to deal with lying. And I remember Mike Fontenot gave some really good advice on that. And he was saying that as you talk about it, talk about lying as a form of weakness and how it takes real courage to tell the truth and even trying to look for ways and opportunities to reward the courage of someone telling the truth. Um, and so that was a really useful bit of, um, bit of advice as well. And also within this time, we, we introduced family rules within our family. And this was from Andy Fleming. And he said, you know, think about the things that you want your family to stand for, create a list of what these rules are put it up in the kitchen or in a prominent place
1: and get the boys to talk involved as
0: well yeah and get the the boys involved to try and help to decide or the children involved to help to decide what do we want our family you know to stand for what are some of the things that we don't want to do what are some of the things that we do want to do within our family and it may well be always telling the truth or always speak to one another you know in a loving way Um, And so that was a really good piece of advice as well.
1: Yeah, and during that time, we moved from London up to Glasgow. um, and CJ was in the ministry there, leading the church there. And that was a really good time. But we'd left um, the great, almost like structure of London, a bigger church and just lots of people to a small group where the kids, they were like brothers and sisters. But then you had about these (laughs) eight to ten children and it was a little bit feral. And um, Virginia Leffler, actually, she'd been visiting to um, speak on Gentle and Quiet Spirit and um, doing women, a women's event for us. But then she saw our children in Glasgow and she's like, I'd really like to do a Skype call with you guys once a month, <laughs> which was a real blessing. And she just really helped us to um, really focus on ourselves as, as, as mothers and developing our personal relationship with God so we'd have the space and time and patience to us look and see well what what's behind this what's what's behind this child's behavior and then again um just the way god really has blessed us through the years when we moved to knoxville we had um just different generations of people and we had a lot of in in the church in knoxville there's lots of people who were in their 60s and 70s who'd already raised their children and then they were able to see our children and give us input. And it was great because um, when you're amongst peers, sometimes you felt that you're all tr- like, my child's the best or my child doesn't do this. But because they'd seen it done there, been there, they were just able to <clears throat> see clearly, oh, your child is like this. And it was almost easier to take that input. And that really helped. And then um, during that time, I went on a Love and Logic course, which some of it was great, some of it not so much. But the underlying current was, you know, parenting from a place of love, but also giving logical consequences um, to help the children sort of learn and to develop their own sense of, um, you know, what they should be doing, their behaviour. Also, at that time, we were surrounded in Knoxville by peers who had um, children a little bit older than us who were able to, again, they would just talk a lot about grace And prayer, and then the children were lucky enough to be around a thriving campus ministry um, with lots of young people, godly people who had a love for God but a real interest in the children. And so, I think our time in Knoxville, or wherever we've been, whether London, Glasgow, Knoxville, here, God has always allowed us to be around people who could influence our children and us to help us to become a more spiritual as a family
0: yeah and during this primary school age this was also when we were introduced to good enough parenting john and karen Lewis course and out out of all of the parenting advice that we've got we would probably say that this has been the most influential and so we're quite excited at the opportunity to roll out good enough parenting uh within thames valley later on this year uh but but yeah this this book, this course, really did um, expose, as much as there was some good stuff within our parenting, there were things that were deeply embedded within our characters from our own upbringing mm-hmm. that we were just passing on to our own children, not even, not intentionally. Um, and so this was able to, to reveal what they were so that we could also try and adjust and make the adjustments at the right time Um, in our own parenting so more will come on that as well and then the final section or age group is of course secondary school which is where all of our children are in right now and in Proverbs 22 verse 15 the Bible says foolishness is tangled up in the heart of a youth the rod of discipline will drive it away from him and this is a great passage and i think it it reminds us that actually our children no matter how old they are of course until they you know grow up and leave home they're still children and within the heart of a child the bible says is foolishness i remember making some ridiculous foolish mistakes as a child even as a young adult because i was still really a child and so it's really important that even at this age and at this stage that we continue to um, seek advice that even as they are maturing and they are growing that we continue to get input as much as possible and that we continue to, to discipline our children as well. Now, our discipline may well change because they are growing older but there is a connection the Bible is making between Foolishness, and also making sure we have the discipline to raise our children as well. And in this verse, the word discipline actually means training. Um, and so if you, you know, think about the same word, disciple, we are a student. We are being trained in the way of Jesus. Um, and so discipline it really does, or training will help drive out the foolishness. And training isn't something that there's a quick fix immediately. It takes time to develop that. Um, Since moving to Thames Valley, um, we've been really lucky to be able to spend time and talk with Tim and Chevy um, about parenting. One of the things that they've been consistently reminding us is to spend one-on-one time with our children. Um, And this has been, you know, maybe trying to do it as you take your children on a long trip to football, which is what I've tended to do most of all, or going to just going out for a walk together or whatever it might be going to a mcdonald's or whatever but just making sure that we're investing in our children through that one-on-one time tim also um yeah spoke to me about uh talking to my boys about puberty and about sex it's quite interesting one of my sons um all three of our boys go to a catholic school and in my school i teach um, sex education um and so one of i said to one of my sons i said oh have you had any sex education at school and he was like no we've not had any at all in fact none since primary school and so just even a couple of weeks ago we were driving home from football and so we had a talk about sex and it was really good to do that but if we don't talk to our children about that then you know who is going to they may hear it from places that uh, I'm not going to be very helpful or very edifying or give them the wrong message perhaps about sex. Um, Karen Louie, we also have been talking to over the last year uh, at different times about very specific issues that have come up um, but one of the things that she advised us was always talk things through with the child and so the, the discipline i.e. the training still remains the same. But whereas we may have just said, right, no Xbox for a week or whatever, or something like that, she said, take the time at this stage to actually talk things through with your child. So if we continue to, if they were to continue to carry on this action, what impact would that have on them? What impact would that have on our family? What do we want our family to be like? Why is it important to do things this particular way? And that was really helpful because you start to develop more of a mature way to resolve things so they can actually think through the reasons why we have these standards or these expectations.
1: I think um, the thing that we always remember about parenting is that the hardest period is always the one you're in. Not because it's not a joy, but you've never been through this before. So I can look back to when they were little. Oh, that was easy, or that was good, or and but it's always now because it's uncharted. You don't know what's ahead. Um, So I think it is. You always need that reliance on God.
0: In when we were in, um, in fact, I can't remember where we were. I think we were in Knoxville, but we were visiting London, maybe, Mm. and there was a a youth. Uh, a youth and family conference, and there was someone I can't remember his name who spoke, but one of the things that I will always stick with me was he said that statistically, oh. children, teenage children, are still they st- we st- that they we still as parents matter more than our teenage children's friends and. There's a really interesting article that I've got linked that I'll share with you but it says as a parent you matter more to your children than anybody or anything else that is in their lives and I think sometimes we can think that when our child starts to get into 15 upwards that there's a temptation for them to kind of pull away and gravitate more towards friends or peers which is natural because they spend so many hours at school and as they begin to maybe pull away or or it seems like they're pulling away we can sometimes feel tempted to then kind of give them their space but actually there's lots of studies that show that our influence over our child is not in competition with the peer influence it actually exists within its own right and so it's really important that, that at this stage, in secondary school age, that we continue, that we kind of dig our heels in, even though we may think that they're trying to move away. They're not. They're just developing other relationships outside of the home. And that's very natural. Um, but it doesn't mean that they love us any less. It doesn't mean that they need us any less. In fact, they need us as much as ever because of the pressures that exist outside of the home. One of the things that John Louis recently discovered or he highlighted to us in our Good Enough Parenting course is that a, a child's brain or the young person's brain doesn't actually stop developing until the age of 25. And that, that was quite an eye opener because, you know, here in the West, we kind of think, right, 18, they're an adult, we can kind of or we should really switch off. But in fact, there's a whole another seven years beyond 18 in which time we're still supposed to be training them and helping them to grow. And then, one of the other things, just as I close, is that we've got is about making deposits into their emotional bank accounts. Because it is at this stage, as they are trying to become their own people, their own person, that we do want to be still giving them the input, but actually through spending time with them through just having casual chit chat entering into their world and the things that they are interested in we still have to make sure that we are doing that so that when we do have to discipline when we do have to talk to them about you know certain issues we are we're making an emotional withdrawal from their emotional bank account but the bank account is actually in credit because we've been spending time with them and investing in them
1: Yeah, and I think it is. It's trying to find ways, especially now as um, they get older and it's like, oh, mum's not cool. Like I said, I'm no longer a cool mum. But I know I'm reading a book on leadership and football management. And so I was talking to Elijah this morning even about um, Thomas Tuchel and his leadership and um, Dembele. And Elijah was like talking about all this different stuff. And we'll watch The Mandalorian. And CJ and the boys have recently built a cabin for me in the garden and so I'll go and sit there but what's quite nice Nathaniel will come and sit there with me Um, so I'll be sitting there reading and he'll just come and talk to me about the different aspirations he's got because he's all about trading and becoming some Wall Street um, business magnet so that's quite fun and then Micah he and I um, will talk and we'll walk the dog or he'll say mum do you want to come and watch this show with me so it is it's just trying to find ways to connect with them on their terms you know, because sometimes I'm like right I'm free now let's do it and they're like no I'm not interested they will come and find me and I thought it is making myself available even if I am reading my book even if it is I've got these five minutes after a busy day at work just trying to find that but yes so hopefully this has been very helpful to you we do have a list of books and CJ is going to share a powerpoint as well of all the different books I mean you've read them but some of you may have come across some may not but they've really helped us in our journey along with all of the people I mean we've not even mentioned I mean, we've mentioned a few but this hundreds of people have really helped us raise these children and we're not done yet
0: so yeah thank you for listening we hope this has been helpful but as we said overall parenting through wisdom and this is not a wisdom that comes from ourselves. it's a wisdom that first comes from praying to God as we read in James it's a wisdom that comes from the incredible church family that we have around us. And that collective wisdom will hopefully bring glory to God and help us to do, you know, hopefully a decent, good enough job in our parenting. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.